All right, everybody. Hey, how you doing? It's the Reverend Arkan. This is the Sunday Mass. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for clicking on this. This is episode three uh, here of the podcast. And uh, well, I got to tell you, folks, it's probably going to be a little shorter than the last uh, two were. Last two were about 30 minutes long. I don't know how long this one's going to be. I think it'll probably be a little bit shorter. And the reason for that is because uh, I'm not feeling great. And I got to save my voice because I'm doing Patriots. Um, uh, Patriots Jets uh, tomorrow with Patriots.com. And hopefully... Uh, I won't sound terrible because right now I honestly don't feel great. I got a sore throat and I'll tell you all about it in a little bit because I had a very interesting day today, uh, revolving around my illness, which by the way, I never really got sick until I had this baby. Like (laughs) I have a six month old baby and I'm generally pretty healthy. Got a pretty strong immune system. Ever since this little dude showed up, I'm getting sick every other day. It seems like it's unbelievable. Like I really... I really, uh, one of the, I love fatherhood, being a dad's great, but the main draw, there's two main drawbacks, and they both involve being sick. The first one is, you're sick all the fucking time, like, all the time, just sick, I wake up, I'm sick, I go to bed, I'm sick, I'm, I'm trying to fall asleep, I'm sick, I have to take all, you know, take a bunch of hot showers and stuff just to get the, uh, uh open the sinuses sick, like, that kind, it's just all the time, is what it feels like. And the other thing that has me reconsidering fatherhood is when my son is congested, there is this uh, device that you use to uncongest him. It is called the snot sucker. You parents listening to this are going to say, ah, yeah, it's not sucker. The rest of you, I should warn you, if you're thinking about being a parent, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to deal with the snot sucker. And the snot sucker is, uh, again, a device uh, with, on one end, there's a little mouthpiece, which is attached to a long sort of small hose, and on the other end is uh, almost what looks like a magic marker, but really it's a uh, it's a little tiny silo with an opening on the end, and you put it into your baby's nostrils and you suck the snot out of his nose. Honestly, I think I may have uh, worn a condom if I'd known about this, because <laughs> this is like, this thing is disgusting, and there's a filter, so you're not actually going to get the snot in your mouth, but like... You see it coming up the tube, you see it go into the thing, and you just, you're waiting for the day where the the filter's gonna break, or it's just, the snot's gonna be too powerful, and you just blow right in, it's in your mouth. That's what I'm worried, honestly, like, I feel like that's gonna happen all the time. Uh, It's gross. (laughs) The snot sucker, folks, I don't recommend it. But you know what? The thing works. That thing works. You get all the snot out of your baby with that thing. You know the old, uh, that little ball with with the thing at the end? Uh, I don't know what you call those things. You squeeze it, it's like a bulb, and it that's supposed to suck this. That thing works kind of. That's like what my parents used on me when I was a baby. It's got nothing on the snot sucker. It's a lot less gross, but it doesn't work as well. So uh, there's a quick parenting tip for you right there. <laughs> um, let's see. What's been going on this week? Oh, right. Uh, the Patriots are playing the Jets. If you're listening to this Sunday morning, then you're uh, gearing up for this game, I'm sure. It's a big game. And last week's game, which uh, I previewed but haven't reacted to yet, I just wanted to say a couple of things about. Number one, uh, the quarterback situation is obviously the number one thing, and that's what's going to drive conversation, and that's what's going to drive uh, you know, sports radio and everything else. But watching that game, it wasn't really the quarterback situation that I thought was the most troubling. I mean, yeah, it was troubling, but was it the most troubling? Or was it the fact that Justin Fields ate you up? That was more troubling to me than Mac Jones, who I thought was going to have some hiccups in that game. I thought he was going to come out and maybe not be great right away. 
That wasn't a surprise to me. What was a surprise to me, though, was Justin Fields running all over the place, uh, dropping dimes on the secondary, and scoring all those touchdowns. Like, that, that to me was much more shocking and upsetting than Mac Jones and his bad start. And even Bailey Zappi coming in. Oh, wow, Bailey Zappi came in and got those first two touchdown drives. He was good in those first two drives. He gave him a spark. But you know what usually happens after you give a team a spark? Like, the rest of the team reacts. Where the hell was the defense? What, they didn't react to that at all. Zappi comes in, gives them a spark, and they just give that spark right back to Justin Fields, that defense did. And that was bad. I thought this Bears game was an easy win. I chalked it right up there like Cleveland and Detroit and the rest of these teams that kind of suck. And I thought that the Bears were just another one of those teams. I was wrong. I mean, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe they do suck, but not that bad. Not so bad that the Patriots could just, you know, take it easy on defense and dick around with their quarterback situation and still win. No, no, no. They got humiliated in that game. I thought I thought that was a humiliating loss on Monday night in prime time to the Bears. Oh, yeah. That's that one. That one definitely uh was one of the worst losses they've had in a while, I think. Um I know they've lost to bad teams before. But I think they needed that one. I think that they were sort of looking past that game. I think, you know, and that's happened before in the past, too, with Tom Brady and the old Patriots and everything. Yeah, sure, they've they've looked past teams. They've had trap games. That's happened. But now I sort of feel like it's different. You know, last year, what they do? They beat up on a bunch of bad, injured teams. And it looked like that same thing was happening again. In fact, I was starting to get kind of like boogeyman vibes a little bit. Anyone else get that? Like... Remember when the boogeymen won all those defense beat up on Sam Darnold and all those crappy quarterbacks? Eli Manning at the end and the rest of those guys? Whoever the hell the quarterback of the day were the Redskins at the time, the Washington was? Uh, the boogeymen ate those guys up. And it looked like maybe this Patriots defense had a little boogeyman in them. And when I say that, I don't mean like they're so good and scary. I mean like they're scary against Sam Darnold and those type of quarterbacks and those type of teams. And I thought that would extend to Justin Fields and that Bears offense, which, come on. And instead, I mean, you saw the game. Um, The quarterback thing was obviously a big deal. Devin McCourty had an interesting uh, quote this week. Devin McCourty called you Pats fans spoiled. He said, you're spoiled. We got a bunch of spoiled fans up there paying my salary. Very spoiled. I think Devin McCourty has this all wrong. I really do. Um, McCourty was on Hillman. He said, I understand as a veteran, we play in an area that's very spoiled in what it expects from the team. And he was saying this, talking about how Mac Jones got booed and the fans were chanting for Bailey Zappi. McCourty said, when I got here, everything was about how do you win three Super Bowls? That's not a normal task at hand. And he talked about how hard it is to win Super Bowls and everything else. And he called Patriots fans spoiled for booing Mac Jones and for uh, going absolutely bananas when uh, Zappy came in the game, which they did. That was that was a moment. Uh, that was definitely a moment. Um, two things. Number one, Devin McCourty should be worried about you know his own defense and what the hell happened to them instead of calling out the fans. And number two, he's wrong. That doesn't mean the Patriots fans are spoiled. That means the Patriots fans are just like every other fan base in the world now because they're just rooting for another team. Or another team with a crappy quarterback situation, like, I don't know, the Jets always have. How is this any different 
from Jets fans booing Mark Sanchez and wanting Tim Tebow to go in. I mean, really, like, tell me what the difference is. Oh, Mac Jones is better than Mark Sanchez, is he? I mean, I know he was a pro bowler and Sanchez wasn't, but Sanchez went to two AFC championship games. Think Mac's going any of those? High draft pick? You know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I know it's bad to compare Mac to these other quarterbacks, although a lot of you don't have any problems comparing him to Josh Allen. I saw Matt Chatham had the most ridiculous tweet I've ever seen. Well, Josh Allen in the fourth game of his second season had a bad game, so why doesn't everybody just get off Mac's back? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) So what? Baker Mayfield had a tremendous first season, better than Mac Jones's, and look where he is now. All right, if we want to just throw out a bunch of random names, how about that one? How about Baker Mayfield? Rookie of the year. Uh, Looked like he was going to have a star-studded career. And now he can't barely get on the field in Carolina. I mean, please. You think he's you think Mac Jones is going to be turned into Josh Allen then, Chatham? Is that what you're saying? Is that what everyone's saying? Oh, yeah, no problem. Just, you know, all these other quarterbacks who were bad in the fourth game of their second season, they all turned out great, did they? Really? Did they? So Mac Jones is going to be Josh Allen. Everyone who sucks in their first year or in their second. He didn't even suck in his first year. That's the thing. Mac Jones was like, okay, in his first year. Allen kind of sucked in his first year. Allen took a huge step forward in his second year. A huge one. And to just sort of assign that, like, well, yeah, Josh Allen did this, so so what? What did Tom Brady do? What did Joe Montana do? You know, like, what did, <laughs> what did the greatest quarterbacks of all time do in their second year? Who cares? And why are you comparing Mac Jones to any of those guys? Let alone someone who's probably in the driver's seat of the MVP conversation right now. What are you, what are you doing? What are you comparing him to that guy for? That's ridiculous. Anyway, the reason Devin McCourty's wrong, to circle back to that, <laughs> the reason Devin McCourty's wrong is because now you're just like everyone else. You were spoiled when you had Tom Brady. You know, you expected things from the team. You had high expectations. They'd win a Super Bowl. You didn't like the way they won the Super Bowl. Like, I get that. It's being spoiled. You know, it's like Costanza. We won the World Series. Yeah, in six games. <laughs> Like, there's a little bit of that with the Patriots and the fan. Yeah, yeah, we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, he only scored 13 points or whatever it was against the Rams. So I guess, like, now you, you look at what this team is and what this quarterback situation is and the way the fans are reacting to it. And if you want to call the fan base spoiled, Devin McCourty, I can't stop you. It's a free country. But just understand, they're not behaving like a spoiled fan base right now. They're behaving like the fan base of any middling team with an uncertain quarterback situation right now. And that's what they have. The Carolina Panthers aren't a bad comp, honestly, if we're talking about... If we're talking about teams with unsettled quarterback situations, the Patriots are the most prominent by far. Maybe the Colts, since they benched Ryan, but like, you know, they're sort of putting him out to pasture. Mac Jones is a second-year quarterback. Totally different. And, I mean, if you want to if you want to even say that, uh, you know, that you're giving up on Mac Jones too fast, I could actually, I could get behind that argument. But that doesn't make you spoiled. That doesn't make the fan base spoiled. It makes them impatient. And there's a difference between being spoiled and impatient. And when you're spoiled, you just, you know, assume good things are going to happen to you all the time. And you get bitchy when they don't. In this case... It hasn't been good for going, like, three years now, 2019, right? Like, they got bounced in the first round of 2019 when Brady was still here. 
The next year, Cam Newton comes out and sucks. The year after that, Mac Jones has a semi-promising rookie year. I've heard people say it was like a legendary rookie year. Really? Legendary. It was pretty good. It wasn't great. And uh, and now you're middling again. And you got wiped in the first round of the playoffs. After just barely sneaking in the wild card round. And now you're getting wiped again this year by teams like the Bears. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like if they got to the Super Bowl and lost and you said, these guys suck, what a bunch of losers. That's being spoiled. When you're losing to the Bears and Justin Fields, who blows or has blown so far in his career, maybe he's the next Josh Allen, Matt Chatham. <laughs> maybe. But like... You know, when when that's happening, when you're losing to those teams and you're unhappy about it, that doesn't make you spoiled. That doesn't make you spoiled. It just makes you a fan of a football team like any other team. So I disagree with Devin McCourty on that. I do. Uh, I think he's way off. There's times where this is, the fan base has acted very spoiled and very entitled. I don't think this is one of them. Um, This game against the Jets, <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this game. I do think, well, it's the Jets. They should win. They always beat the Jets, right? Zach Wilson, he kind of sucks. I think the only way you're really going to definitively beat this team is if you really get after Zach Wilson and make him uncomfortable, which they tried to do with Fields. I don't even know if they tried to do it with Fields. I feel like Fields didn't see much pressure in that game. And if he did, he just ran away from it. Uh, Wilson can run a little bit. I don't know if he's great under pressure. But it's the Jets and the Patriots. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to throw in the towel on that whole thing yet. I mean, look at last year. You know, last year's Jets and the Patriots is basically the same sort of situation. And the Patriots just had their number. And I feel like they'll probably have their number now. Uh, but I'm not willing to bet the mortgage on it. I'm not. You know, the Jets are also pretty nice this year. Jets and the Giants somehow. Jets are off to a good start. Way better start than you are. Their defense is on point. They got exciting playmakers on all these levels. Like, Patriots have some guys who are becoming more exciting as the season goes on. Sure. But I feel like the Jets have just more momentum right now. You know, I just feel like they got a little something else. And their coach, man, their coach is doing a good job. I think he's doing a better job than Bill is. I don't think Bill's doing a good job at all right now. I think this quarterback situation and uh, the downfall of that defense in Chicago, I think I put those both on. I really, I put everything on Bill because he said to. Oh, uh, you blame Bill for everything. He told us to. Bill came out and said, if it doesn't work, it's all on me. Okay. <laughs> you insist. You're the boss. You're the boss, coach. You know, and so far, it's been, eh, schmeh. And that that one last week, that was just embarrassing. You lose again, you lose back-to-back to the Bears and the Jets, and people are going to start getting off the bandwagon. It's going to start happening. It'll start happening right then. I think. Um, You're going to see people, I don't know if you're going to see people not come to the games. People still come to the games. But you're going to see interest start to plummet a little bit. You're going to see people say, well, I'll wait till next year. You know, all the Pope, oh, that's okay. This is this is a rebuilding year. Yeah, really? really? <laughs> Second year with the Pro Bowl quarterback who was a rookie. The year after you made the playoffs is a rebuilding year. Really? That's interesting. I don't think, I, no one told anybody else about that. I don't think anyone told uh, the Patriots that. And I certainly haven't heard any of them say it. Um, I'll say this. I think Mac Jones is getting really porked. I've thought this all along, but I still think it. Bill came out and said, well, 
the reason why uh, he was pulled is because, you know, we knew he wasn't all the way healthy and we didn't, you know, we weren't going to play him the whole game. Really? So he was only healthy enough to play those three series and then you pulled him after an interception just coincidentally? Dan Shaughnessy was right. If Mac Jones went out there and lit it up, he's playing the whole game and everybody in the world knows that. You got to be a goddamn idiot to think that anything other than that. If Mac Jones went out there and lit it up and was dropping dimes and was like, you know, uh, 10 for 15 with 200 yards and two touchdowns at the half, he's playing that whole game. Bailey Zappi's not playing in the game. He's not singing Stacy's mom. He's not doing anything. That's all Mac. That's what would have happened. And you know that. Everybody knows that. So I don't buy that shit at all. Um, <laughs> someone on uh, Twitter recently said that, uh, it's really weird to hear me swear. Um, I guess, yeah, if you've listened to me a long time and you just have heard me on the radio, you've never heard me swear before, I guess, right? So, yeah, I can see how that would be, like, weird, you know? Like, hearing your, hearing, like, a teacher swear, like, you're at the mall and you see, like, one of your teachers and they're swearing and it's, like, you know, talking normally and you're like, oh, wait, that's my teacher. <laughs> or, like, when you see a, an old video of your parents when they were younger and it's like, oh, <laughs> they were, they were just people. Not that I'm your parents or your teacher, but, you know, same kind of thing. Um, I had a lot of questions asked me this week. Lots of questions. I don't even know if I can get to them all. But I'll try. The first question is, whose side are you on in the Tom Giselle divorce? Ooh. Well. I'll tell you what. I don't like to comment on stuff like this because it's a divorce. So, whatever. Um, I'm on Tom Brady's side. And I will tell you why. It's not what you think. It's not because Tom Brady has brought so much joy into my life and won all those Super Bowls and made my life as a New England sports fan that much better. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that at all. It really doesn't. It comes down to one thing. One thing that Giselle did that I find unforgivable. It wasn't browbeating him and... You know, trying to make them stop playing football or any of that other stuff. Because I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know, you know, what's behind closed doors, what was said or what was promised or what anything else. Here is what Giselle did that I cannot get past. She left a comment on an Instagram post about relationships. The post in question shared by a former Monk Purpose Coach and Eight Rules of Love offer Jay Shetty features a graphic with the quote, You can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. Read that again. I friggin' hate when people do that. I hate that. Whenever someone goes online and posts some weird, shitty, uh, pseudo-intellectual, deep, spiritual thing, and then at the end writes, read that again? Oh my god, I want to tear their friggin' head off. I hate that. I got it the first time, Socrates, okay? I don't need to read it again. It wasn't that deep, all right? You can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. Got it. Don't need to read it again. Wasn't really that impressive. Consistency. Oh, wow, there's a new concept. Yep, there goes my phone. Giselle commented on that post with one of those prayer hand emojis. She didn't actually write it, but she she basically posted. She was sharing, you know, like I'm I this is what I think. 
I if you were one of those read that again tweet people, I have no use for you. And I blame everything that goes wrong in your life on you. Don't tell me to read something again. I read it. It's the tweet. It was two, five words. There's a lot of annoying things on Twitter. Like when people say, that's the tweet. Or, you know, this and just an arrow and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's that's all annoying. Nobody likes that. But nothing pisses me off more than read that again. First of all, don't tell me what to do. All right? Fuck you. Second of all, <laughs> I'm not reading this again. I didn't like it the first time. And the fact that you think I couldn't comprehend your little post there is uh, insulting to me. I find that insulting. You are insulting me now, so I'm going to insult you back and say that it's your fault for this, Giselle, and I'm on Team Tom Brady. Even though, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Tough to be on Team Tom Brady these days. The Buccaneers are a mess. He's a mess. Like, the whole thing's messy. Very, very messy. Uh, But that's what team I'm on. I'm on uh, Brady's side, just because of the read that again thing. That's the only reason why. I hate that. Um, Arkan, if the Pats lose to the Jets, what do you want to see? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, obviously it depends on how they lose and what happens. If Matt goes out and sucks again, then I'm okay with uh, benching him and starting Zappy next week. I'm okay with that. Because right now, we're in a quarterback circus. I mean, we're, we're already there. When you pull the starter out three drives in because of an interception and then play the backup the rest of the game, and then he sucks and you don't pull him, like, then you're all of a sudden, we, we've gone to the zoo, okay? We're not we're not playing football anymore, you know? We're just having a time. We're just having fun out there. Let's start this guy. Let's start that guy. Let's pull him out and put that guy in. Like, let's just fuck around. Like, that's sort of how I feel the Patriots are with the quarterbacks right now. So if they lose to the Jets, um, if Mac plays a good game and they lose, stick with him. If Mac sucks and they lose, uh, you go to Zappy. Maybe for the rest of the year. No, not the rest of the year. You can't go to him for the rest of the year. And that's the problem. If you know you can't go to Zappy for the rest of the year, you got to do something else. You're going to have to start thinking about it now and, and worry about next year and kind of get to it that way because this this whole thing is not working and it's not going to work. Bailey Zappy's not even tall enough to throw these passes. Many times you get the ball batted down at the line. You know, whose fault is that? Um... They lose to the Jets when I want to see them tank. Uh, not there yet, but getting there. Not there yet, but getting there. Get a high draft pick. You know, get some elite talent on this team that you don't have to pay a lot for. That's what I think. Um, Arkan, what are your thoughts on Jalen Brown leaving Donda? Um, good, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he left Donda. He should have left a while ago. Um, he probably never should have signed with him in the first place. We're being uh, keeping it funky here, but like... I'm I'm glad he left. I thought that statement he put out before he left saying he wasn't going to leave and that, you know, Kanye's really going through some adversity right now was freaking ridiculous and made him look like a jackass. And I'm glad that whoever's in charge of him and his PR sat him down and said, you're going to put a different tweet out and you're leaving that company right now. Otherwise, we're dropping you too. Because that's not his agent. He has agents. Uh, Donda was not representing him like that. He has actual agents. And I bet you... They came up to him and said, you stick with this guy, we're dropping you. And you can be full-time Donda Kanye West anti-Semite if that's what you're, if that's what you're into. And Jalen, to his credit, ended the contract, got out of the contract. I don't know exactly what he did. I'd like to think that the time it took him to do that was based on the time it takes to, you know, dissolve a contract, but based on the way he kind of came out and said, well, you know, 
Kanye's going through it, and Donda's really special and really important, and so I'm not leaving, but I condemn all those things he said. I don't condemn, he didn't say I condemn, he said I don't condone going DEFCON 3 or DEFCON, whatever Kanye said, DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, like, okay. Glad you don't condone that, Jalen. I don't condone going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, but, (laughs) like, no, no but, just, just, that's it. You condemn it. And you're not going to make this guy any money. That's all you have to say. I'm not going to fund this guy's bigotry. Um, Good for him. I'll tell you what, though. Kyrie? If you don't know, Kyrie Irving shared a video uh, Saturday. I think it was either Saturday or Friday. Um, It's like a movie that you have to pay $50 to watch, which, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a movie, and... Um, it's basically this anti-Semitic, horrible movie about how Jewish people worship the devil and invented racism and all this other stuff. And it's nonsense. It's just blathering zeitgeist nonsense. And that's really all Kyrie Irving is at this point. He's just a blubbering idiot who just repeats whatever dumb shit he saw on YouTube, basically, at this point. And I love that he, you know, tries to pass it off like he's so well-read. Really? Like, do you know actual any actual history? Because <laughs> all I see from him is just a bunch of nonsense. Like, constant nonsense. From a guy who did one year of college, like, you know, not that that really matters, but like, you know, you act like you act like you were this scholar, you had all these scholarly pursuits. You know, I'm an athlete, but I'm also a scholar. Like, no, you're not. You're an athlete, but you're also an idiot. <laughs> like, a lot of athletes, I hate to say, there's a lot of dumb athletes out there. Kyrie Irving's about as dumb as it gets. And now he's an anti-Semite, too, which is great. You know, these are your people, Jalen. I, I hate to tell you. You can drop Donda, and you can try and distance yourself from Kyrie, but everybody knows where you stand on all this. You know, everybody knows that those were your boys. Now, hopefully you don't agree with the anti-Semitism part of it, but, like, you were around those guys a lot. You never heard them say anything like this before. You never heard them drop, you know, any, any breadcrumbs on the trail about how maybe they don't like Jewish people. Because I feel like they spent a lot of time together. Um, and that, you know, Jalen Brown's whole, wah, 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 anti-Semitism. I didn't know anything about that. Like, that's, uh, I don't buy it. You know, not to mention the anti-vax stuff, but that's for another podcast. Uh, but ultimately, he left, and that's good. I'm glad he left. I just, you know, I'd like to see him distance himself and maybe even speak out about, you know, and name these people and say, this is wrong. And, you know, what Kyrie's saying and Kanye's saying, all these people are saying is wrong. It doesn't have to just be those two guys. There's a lot of wrong things. People saying wrong things in the world right now. It's not just them. But he happens to be involved with them. So, you know, <laughs> let, let it be known. That's another thing that's been annoying me. Now, well, Kanye said this, but what about all these other things? What about him? Kanye said this. What about Brett Favre? Brett Favre hasn't played football in 12 years. What sponsors do you want to see drop Brett Favre? What spo- who even sponsors Brett Favre anymore? Brett Favre's an asshole. And a scumbag. All right? I don't think there's any debate here. You go online, there's people defending Kanye West. Maybe it's the Elon Musk take over a Twitter or something. I don't know, but it's been real Hitlery on my timeline lately, and I don't like that shit. Like, I really don't. Um, it's, it's tough. I've unfollowed so many people. And blocked a lot of people, too. You know, people that I was, that were following me, or maybe even that I was following, that I just said, wow, this is how you feel? Okay, well, you're blocked. You don't get to see my shit anymore, and I'm not going to see any of yours. Arcan, will the Celtics win the East? 
a little early for that, but uh, I'm going to say, sure, why not? I mean, you know, on paper, I think they should. On paper, I think they're as good as anybody. Although, Carries Levert, if you saw what Carries Levert did to him in that Cleveland game, Jesus Christ. Carries Levert put his thing down, flipped it, and reversed it all over the Celtics uh, earlier this week. Him and Don Mitchell, uh, the pride of Lake Winnipesaukee. Um, yeah, that was, I wasn't expecting the Celtics to win every game this year, but, uh, also not really expecting Carrie Slavert to go off like that. Um, so yeah, sure. Celtics win the East. Why not? Arkan, what TV show or movie has been a pleasant surprise for you lately? Um, pleasant surprise. Let's see. I've been binge watching Seinfeld on Netflix, um, through season six. That's not a pleasant surprise. That's just what I'm watching right now. Um, oh, uh, my wife and I started The Watcher. If you know about The Watcher, this family moves out to a house in New Jersey and a bunch of stuff happens. I'm only two episodes in, but I like it so far. Um, what else did I see that I liked? Oh, uh, Only Murderers in the Building. Steve Martin, um, Selena Gomez, and uh, what's his name? Martin Short. Pretty good. I liked it. Um, what else? Movies? I haven't really watched any movies. I never watch movies anymore. I don't know why. Oh, I think the season of Atlanta's been good, too. This is the last season of Atlanta, Donald Glover's show. I think it's been good. I've uh, I've enjoyed that, too. Oh, and House of the Dragon, I got cut up on and watched the whole thing. Fine. You know, it's fine. It's just, a, you know, <laughs> just more Game of Thrones, really. I mean, that's all it is. There's nothing different about it from Game of Thrones or anything else. It's just it's all the same. Um, But I like that show, so it's fine. Uh, let's see, Arkan, Kyle Schwarber, Dave Dombrowski in the World Series, sticking it to the Red Sox. What do you think about that? Um, I got to say, for everyone saying, well, this is Dombrowski, this is, you know, you got rid of him and you shouldn't have, and now look at him succeeding with Kyle Schwarber and all that. I feel worse about Schwarber leaving than Dombrowski, if that makes any sense. Dombrowski, when he first gets somewhere, it's always this big, happy, uh, you know, honeymoon. Always. Everywhere he goes, it's great at first. Things are going great. You know, and then eventually they overspend and contracts start looking uh, a lot worse and things fall off. Guys, guys move or get hurt, whatever. I mean, things happen and you know, all of a sudden you're, you're tapped. Dombrowski, I feel like had lost uh, Cora too before he left. But I mean, if he lost Cora, then what's Cora think of Bloom? At least Dombrowski put Cora, you know, in charge of a team that was a wagon in 2018. High and Bloom's not done anything like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, is there a uh, is does it is it better or worse now that those guys are there? I wouldn't say that. I mean, first of all, I got to win the thing. But I am a fan of the Phillies. I've enjoyed watching them in the uh, in the postseason, and yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways you sort of look at it and think, well, there's Dombrowski getting off on the honeymoon again. But Schwarber, yeah, Sox gonna use Schwarber this year for sure. All right, I got to tell you about my day today. Um, I was supposed to go take uh, photos of my wife and my son. We were going to go take our uh, Christmas card pictures. My wife hired a photographer, and we went to the uh, Arboretum in JP to take pictures. But before that, I woke up this morning with one of the worst sore throats I ever had in my life. And I just had COVID recently, and I had a very bad sore throat then too. And it was just like that, but maybe even a little bit worse. I woke up this morning, I said, oh my God, this is hell. And so I started drinking water, didn't help. Drank tea, didn't help. Gargled with salt water, didn't help. I got chloroseptic. I got all this stuff in my house because I just had a bad sore throat, but nothing was working. 
I open up wide, I say ah, I shine the flashlight, look in the mirror, and on my tonsil, not on the actual thing that hangs down, but like right behind it, was this like, it looked like a pimple, this little white dot. I said, what the hell is that? Maybe it's a blister, maybe it's, I don't know. When I had COVID, uh, I had something like that. It was, wasn't quite as pronounced, but I had something on there too, and they had it checked out. They said it looked like a blister, and then it went away like the next day. I got started taking a, um, you know, a antibiotics, and it went away. But I'd also had COVID for like seven days, eight days at the time, so I think it was just sort of taking its, its toll. And then I see this white thing again. I think, oh, Christ, it's another one of these blisters. So I go over to urgent care, and the uh, doctor takes a look at my mouth, and she goes, Oh, you got a tonsil stone. I said, I have a what? She goes, you have a tonsil stone. I said, what the hell is a tonsil stone? She goes, well, sometimes in your tonsils, uh, there can be a buildup of bacteria or, uh, you know, debris. Is it debris? Yeah, debris, bacteria, whatever. And it creates a little deposit, you know, a little white deposit that sort of gets stuck in your, in your tonsil. I said, oh. What do I do? What do I pass it? Like, how do, how do I get it out? And the doctor goes, well, I can get it out for you right now. I said, oh, how do you do that? And she goes, she has this little thing. It looked like, it looked like a little plastic scalpel, but it was like a little spoon. And she goes, I'll just dig it out. Is she going to dig it out of my throat? She goes, yeah. I said, all right, <laughs> go for it. When I tell you, that for the next 20 minutes, I felt like I was getting tortured in Guantanamo Bay. I have a very, very poor gag reflex. I, you know, like, uh, I could take an aspirin in my gag reflex. You know what I mean? So, like, that's, I'm not, I'm not good at that. <laughs> you know, shucks. Um, and they're trying to get this thing. And you know how, like, you know how, like, when you have a canker sore in your tongue, and your tongue sort of moves around, you don't even know it? Like, your tonsils do that, too. They sort of just move and shift, and, like, you can't really control it especially if you can't see it. So after 25 minutes of getting tortured, and it wasn't their fault, I mean, they were trying, the doctor just says, you know what, maybe you should try this at home yourself. Look in the mirror, shine the flashlight on it, dig in there and just dig the thing out and rip it out. I said, okay. I said, thanks for everything. going to go home now. I go home. I open wide, I shine the flashlight. I grab this little pick I stick it in my throat and I puke. <laughs> I just puked all over the sink. Just bleh. And when you puke and you have a sore throat and you puke, like that sucks. And I was like, well, maybe I puked the thing out. I look back in my mouth. Nope, still there. So I'm digging at it and I'm picking at it and I'm having, you know, the reflexes going again. And I'm just like, this freaking thing, just come out. And I had it, like, uh, I had it scooped and it slipped off the thing. And I said, ah, I got to get this out of my throat. I have to. So I took a deep breath, opened wide, said, ah, I'm face to face with this little thing on my throat. I reach in, gag reflex be damned. I get right underneath it and I pop it right out. And when I tell you this thing stunk, it really did. It smelled really weird. I like spit it out and I could smell it from like the sink. It's like, what the hell? And uh, I'd love to tell you that my throat wasn't hurting anymore after that, but that's not true. My throat still hurts. You can probably hear it a little bit. You can hear me swallowing. It sucks. But, like, uh, at least I have that thing out of my throat. 
But I also spent the better part of the day with a plastic spoon, basically, in the, scratching my tonsils, which is not a fun way to spend your day. And then after I was done with all that, I had to go to the Arboretum and take pictures with my wife and son. <laughs> That was like, I was just miserable the whole time. So I'm finally back home. I'm recording this podcast. And uh, if you uh, uh, enjoyed it, then I say thanks. And I'll probably just end it right there. But before I do end it, um, I want to say Patriots.com, Sunday, Patriots Jets. You can hear me with the uh, crew, Paul Perillo, um, Tamara Brown, and uh, Mike Dussault. We will be... Uh, on for the pregame and the postgame show, Patriots and the Jets. Very, very important game. Happy to be there with the Patriots.com crew. Um, Hopefully I'm feeling better tomorrow. I think I will be. And uh, I will talk to you all then. Or if you're listening on Sunday, I'll talk to you in a little bit. In fact, if you want, you can flip right over from this to me, right on on Patriots.com. Just head over there right now. It's the pregame show. I might be talking right now. I don't know. But uh, if you you need a little bit more, you got it right there. And then after the game, Patriots.com again. And uh, we'll have you for two hours reacting to whatever happens today between or tomorrow between the Patriots and the Jets. So there you go. All right, that's my time. I'm out of here. Sorry, this one was a little shorter, I think. I'll check, actually check the timestamp and make sure if that's true or not. Um, oh, wow, this one's actually longer. <laughs> this one's 37 minutes. Usually they're like 30 minutes. I came on here and told you this one's going to be shorter, and it was longer than all the other ones. What do you know? Anyway, Mass has ended. Go in peace. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.